Hello, and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Sean Decker, and I'd like you to hear something. You're hearing Feast by Horsewhip, featuring my pal Jeff Howe on bass. Feast is off their album Laid to Waste, which came out last year and is still available online. California. Um, I was a, I guess you would call it a Navy brat. So we uh, kind of lived all over the place. <clears throat> Moved from California to Guam, then from Guam to Chicago, then Chicago to Florida. And then by that time, we were, me and my brother were in like middle school. So we, we stayed in Florida. My dad got stationed in South Carolina. So he moved up there, and we stayed in Florida for a few years, and then he came back down and retired from the Navy. Um, childhood life wasn't, it was okay. I wasn't, uh, uh, I don't know how to say that. My parents were actually pretty cool about everything. They let me go on tour for the first time. I couldn't even drive. And they let me, they let me leave the state with my friends. Um, you know, I definitely got into my fair share of trouble, skateboarding stuff. Um, mostly when my dad wasn't, uh, living with us. Um, but I'd say, you know, overall it was pretty good. Um, I don't have very many complaints. It was like a spot that like, if we needed a place to practice or something, my mom was pretty cool and i think she let us practice at our house a handful of times yeah. um so stuff like that like was, was pretty decent then you know of course right after high school i moved out and moved down to tampa so i was i was in orlando oh, okay. and uh i moved down to tampa right after high school and uh that's that's i think the last time i lived with them was yeah. when i was 18 yeah so you said you said you got into trouble in uh, d- uh, doing some skateboarding stuff and everything. Was that also like kind of like was skateboarding your entryway into like punk rock and stuff? Uh, for sure, hundred um, percent. It's definitely uh, so. Let's see, I'm 41 now, so it's definitely like a product of like the end of the hair metal stuff, probably. Mm-hmm. And like, I think me and some of my friends got into some of that then it got into like more like metallica and like slayer and stuff um and then grunge came along we got way into nirvana and uh you know the first first like three Lollapaloozas, stuff like that um but it wasn't long after that that i discovered hardcore through a friend through skateboarding and uh same thing with like straight edge and 
uh, you know, vegetarian and being vegan and stuff, mm-hmm. um, all ca- kind of spawned from the same person. And beyond that was skateboarding. And so we'd, you know, <clears throat> just go out on our skateboards all night long till, you know, three, four o'clock in the morning, just skateboarding or doing anything bad besides trespassing, I guess. And, uh, many, many nights waking my mom up to come pick me up <laughs> for trespassing. Oh no. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Tons of, tons of trespassing warrants, but eh. yeah. It's, yeah. If, I mean, if that's the most trouble we were getting in, then so be it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't ever get like, we never, like I lived, uh, in Port Charlotte. It was like, uh, you know, okay. a couple hours, uh, South west i guess of tampa or whatever and we never got actually like we just always got threatened and run off you know we never luckily got like actual warrants they just we'd be at the hills parking lot or whatever and and, uh they'd just come run us off you know um yeah uh, yeah they probably it's probably just because you know like this it, it was port charlotte back in the you know 90s and that's like there's there's like three cops and they yeah yeah they know who your mom and your grandpa and uncle are you know so it was just like get out of here um yeah yeah but yeah that's that's like i feel i feel like a lot of people our age that's as soon as someone says they skated i'm like that's the entry point isn't it because that's yeah, yeah yeah for sure and um you know you you probably watch like hocus pocus and you know like those old videos and learned about oh yeah yeah it's funny because like i'm i was always a horrible skateboarder i think i was always too afraid to hurt myself yeah and uh i was never very good but i liked going out there and just like kind of pushing around and doing whatever um and then when it would be the days like the rainy days we'd sit at somebody's house and watch skate videos i just remember being so bored i was like i don't want to watch i just want to go out there you know yeah um, but then, but of course that's where you discovered a lot of bands was like skate videos and stuff. So that part was cool. Yeah. You know. I had some friends that were ridiculously good. I was like never very good. Even before I uh, moved to Florida, we would, um, skate occasionally with like some pros and stuff. So I always knew my place as it were in the like skill food chain. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I always just really enjoyed it as well. It was um, not until I was like, uh, you know, almost like graduating high school and and I started playing guitar that I hurt myself that I was like, I don't know, I'd rather play guitar than skateboard. I can't play guitar right now. So like I had to, you know, I felt like I had to decide. Yeah, but, um, yeah I think I think I, I, I did the same. Like it got to a point where I was playing guitar and playing in bands. I was like, skateboarding's probably not a great idea, you <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah. Um, yeah. My dad said, yeah. my dad said the first thing, first time, like my parents were separate, separated at the time, but he was like, first time you get hurt and you won't be able to play your guitar, you're gonna put that skateboard away. And like, I was so mad that he was right, but like, whatever, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm still playing guitar and stuff, so that's cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How did you get um, involved in like playing musical instruments? Did you play any musical instruments like uh, in like school growing up or? Um, no. I, so let's see. 
I definitely definitely was interested in music before I picked anything up. I remember asking my parents for drums. Um, they would definitely were not having that. <laughs> um, and I think the alternative was an acoustic guitar. Um, so I played that a little bit. I'm still not a, a proficient guitar player, but like I, I messed around and like would learn a few songs or whatever. And then I don't know how I ended up with a bass guitar, um, but I ended up playing bass. And then, of course, the first band I was in, I played bass in. And then since then, I, I guess I'm a bass player. So. <laughs> <laughs> did it feel um, like did did the first time you started playing bass, did it did it just make more sense to you or were you just like, that's cool. This is what somebody needs. And I'll do it. Um, I think I think I liked it because it was uh, it was easier. <laughs> uh-huh. um, like I said, I was not proficient at playing guitar. Like, like learn it. Like you know, I'd learn the gambit of like Nirvana songs and stuff like that. But uh, and, and I like I liked. I think I liked playing the bass. I think I I thought it looked cool. You know. Yeah. But come to find out, it is not very cool. Okay. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> well, I was actually actually been told by somebody that the bass player is the easiest person to kick out of a band. Oh wow! <laughs> I mean, it, it's I don't know. You know, I in different things I've I've played different instruments, and uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for every instrument in the band, but bass is particularly like I feel like especially. And in albums context, like the bass can really like heighten and 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 elevate like good drums and guitars, or it can like ruin a record. Like it, the songs oh. can be great, but the bass is not right, and it it'll just suck. Like yeah, for sure. And so it, by that metric, you know the the bass is like one of the most crucial aspects of the you know the record even before like um vocals and stuff you know i mean like those old promise ring albums like they don't the vocals aren't good you know i mean like <laughs> they work like i love the yeah, way the yeah. vocals sound but they're they're not good from a technical standpoint but yeah, yeah. that can slide as long as everything else is what it is but like if the yeah, bass on true. that was bad it it would just be bad you know yeah so, yeah yeah, it's a, it's a weird it's a weird thing cuz like I don't know how many times I've just like I've just put down a whole album's worth of bass tracks and just dumped them in the trash cuz it's just something wasn't yeah, right, yeah. you know. I mean, I do that to this day like I'll <laughs> play stuff and like you know, I'll go to Sean our guitar player like I wrote this bass riff but I'm pretty sure it sucks like and it usually never goes anywhere and that's fine. I don't care. Uh, honestly, I I prefer playing to somebody else. I guess like mm-hmm. if they come up with something and then putting something over it, you know. Um, but also, like I'm very notorious for playing the wrong notes in certain parts. I think we did it on our last recording. I, I uh, was playing something. And they looked. Two of them looked. They were like, 
I don't think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> like, so you, I was like oh, okay. You just all of a sudden played something different than how you had I, been doing I, it. Yeah, I mean, I had been playing it like this one particular note, the wrong, the wrong note the whole time, and then we didn't figure it out till we were recording. You know. Yeah. But, well, but what do you all tune to? Do you tune to D or like or like C or something? Uh, we horsewhip tunes to uh, B standard. Oh well, there you go. Like that's yeah, so yeah. that's so hard when you're just like amps are cranked up to eleven and drums are blasting. Mm-hmm. Like it's so hard to like yeah pick out those like um, low notes and then but you're yeah you're absolutely right. Like when you put it on the record, it's like you might not even figure it exactly right away but you're like something mm-hmm. something's not right like <laughs> i don't i don't feel well <laughs> like, yeah yep. yeah um, this, this definitely happened before <laughs> yeah yeah um so once you you said like you know you <clears throat> your first band you were playing bass like how did that work like yeah you had been sort of like experimenting on guitar and then somebody like did you get a bass right away or were you like somebody's like oh i got one you can play for an hour or something if if i recall correctly i'm pretty sure i think i think i got it for my birthday it was a it was a washburn bass it's like uh i forget what what it was like what washburn it was it's just like a a very uh uh, beginner's level bass you know Mm -hmm. it was a uh it was a washburn and I didn't have an amp. And I think the first band I was in, a couple of the guys had equipment. And the bass player, he had played bass in another band. I think he played guitar in this. And I think I borrowed his amp for a little bit. And then I ended up getting my own like little like, crate combo amp. And that worked out for what it was, you know? Yeah. Um, but it wasn't for a couple of years after that. I think I started buying actual actual equipment. Yeah, yeah. That's that's like a a, a sort of a notorious like rite of passage for uh, a would have been guitar player turned bass player is to like play somebody else's gear for a month or or a year. You know, just like mm-hmm. um, while you're trying to figure out stuff. Like maybe internally, sometimes it's like is this, am I going to, like, am I, is this going to work? Like, am I going to be able to do this or, you know, whatever it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. But you said you're, you said that you went on tour, like, kind of like, you know, very, very, very young, very young. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what, what band was this? So my first band, we were called adversary. Okay. Um, I'm sure there's been a million adversaries but uh we played a handful of shows it was definitely like all of us were so it was in the singer in the band was the kid that got me into hardcore and punk rock and uh we played a handful of shows put out like a demo and uh i was also friends with John from reversal of man. And this wasn't long after reversal of man started. And I did food, not bombs with John. And I think after like, it's maybe our first or second show as adversary, he came up to me and asked me if I wanted to play bass in reversal of man. 
I was like, of, of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, maybe a week or so after that, I practiced with them, you know, before they even kicked their bass player out. Because this was, they were, weren't even a band for, I don't know, not even a year yet. And uh, so I practiced with them. And then, of course, went back to the, the people in Adversary and was like, hey, I'm going to be playing bass with the Reversal Man now. And I don't know if I quit the band or if they told me I wasn't in the band anymore. I don't remember. Um, but I think after that, I think it was right after that, they changed the name and I maybe added a few members and became that band Carlisle. I don't know if you know heard oh, of them. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's who they became. So I went on to play in Reversal Man. They did Carlisle. I think a couple other bands with like the same people and ended up like... I mean, they were good. You know, they were fun. Yeah, Ryan's but, voice was wild. Like, you know, his his scream was pretty uh, intense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even Zach, the drummer, went on to play in, like, I think he played in As Friends Rust for a little while. Hmm. And some other, I think he played in another fairly popular band. Same vein. I can't remember now. Blanking on it. But all awesome people. That's, that's the people I would, would skateboard with and got into all of this with so it's kind of cool you know yeah that's that's awesome not like um not a ton of people talk about that carlisle lp but like when somebody posts it every once in a while in a group or something uh the same four or five people myself included are like yes this fucking rips but uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I, that's that's really wild that you were like in the the predecessor to that as well yeah. Um, so di- did you, was that the band that you went on tour with adversary and you said you did a, you did like a demo as well? No. So, uh, adversary, we probably started, I must've been, I must've been 14 or 15 years old. Like I said, it didn't last very long for me. Oh, okay. And, uh, so I joined reversal man and my first reversal man tour was, I was 15. Oh, okay. So and we, was... Yeah. Yeah. And so since you came into the band like th- that when they were already like semi established or whatever, I'm I'm assuming you didn't like book the shows at like 15 and stuff. No, no. Um you know, I don't even know who did all that at that point. Probably mostly John the drummer. Um it was I wish I could remember what the first tour was. Yeah. I can't remember if it was that first summer. It might have been that first summer. Yeah, it had to have been. Um, yeah, it was. So we jumped in our friend John's Volkswagen bus and put all of our equipment was piled up in the middle of it. And we would sit in the back, like on the bed. And uh, <clears throat> we got to Tennessee and it caught on fire. Oh, God. So we got stuck in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And there was a kid at the show there that offered to take us to the rest of our shows. And he ended up, we rented a U-Haul trailer and jumped in the bed of his pickup truck. And he drove us. We played from Murph. We played Indianapolis, Chicago, and maybe like two or three other shows. I don't even remember. Um, but we ended up getting on these pretty awesome shows. Like, I think we were already on the one in Chicago. It was with like Los Crudos, 
uh, Locust, Jenny Piccolo. And then in Indianapolis, we played with Los Crudos, MK Ultra, uh, and Ice Nine, I think it was. Wow. Uh, which is awesome. You know, like, it was just more like, we were definitely not on the Indianapolis show, but we, we were able to jump on it. So we, like, showed up to uh, the sitcom. It was that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I got, it, I was so stoked to see Los Crudos and MK Ultra. You know, it's like, this is. Yeah, that's why. It was crazy for me. You know, it's pretty pretty cool. Yeah. Do you know if Baby um, Alex was at that show? I don't think that he was. We've definitely talked about it. Right. I don't think he was. I think he said the first time he saw us play was at that uh, Indianapolis Fest, I believe, is oh, what he okay. said. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was ninety. That was the year following. So that was ninety seven. Yeah, I don't remember like what the year was, but I had I had seen y'all at the uh, fireside with um, when you did that. Uh, what was it? The Electric Youth Tour, Electric Youth Crew mm-hmm. Tour. Yeah, with Combat Wounded uh, mm-hmm. and yeah. Rye Coalition. Um, did they play that show? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, <laughs> yeah, the uh, uh, the drummer from Combat was like got in a fight with one of the guys from Rye Coalition. Oh, no. <laughs> it was like, it was a, a horrible situation. I know. Actually, it got referenced not too long ago in one of those Facebook groups. Oh, wow. Because I couldn't remember exactly what happened. And people were talking about it. And I thought it was pretty funny. It's actually, somebody said they had it on video. I was like, I would love to see it because I, I don't remember at all how it happened. Oh, wow. Yeah. But, I, did that happen at the Chicago show? Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, wow. Uh, I think it was the drummer from Rye Coalition pushed... Mark, who was Combat's drummer at the time, pushed him off that stage. It was kind of, kind of high, and he fell and like ended up like spraining his wrist and like couldn't play a few of the shows after that. Damn, I don't. And, uh, I do not remember yeah, was, that at all. It was weird. It was a weird night for sure. Yeah. See, I, I, but, like, um, I had only, I honestly had only ever been to the Fireside for like three shows. I had not lived up here for very long, like. Um, at that point, and uh, I was, I kind of still am, like in a way, like I, I, I get really nervous in big cities, and Chicago is like just so wild to me. Like, mm-hmm. so uh, there was one time when an old band of mine played there with Kill Sadie, and then there was the uh, show that I saw y'all, and then there was like one other show that I that I saw, um, but. Like, I, I hadn't been there that much, and, you know, I actually didn't even know, like, at the time what you would call this, but, like, every time I was in Chicago, I had a panic attack, like, every time. So it was like, you know, I was, I saw y'all, I bought a t-shirt, um, uh, I may have bought, um, I may I can't remember if I bought like this CD like at that show, or if I bought it uh, somewhere somewhere else. But I like I have the CD that came in that um, handmade like sleeve with the huge booklet, and um, yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I do not remember any of the weird parts <laughs> of that of that yeah, show. Yeah. I, I'm sorry that you. Uh, had to go through that in Chicago. That's. I mean, it was. Uh, 
we definitely had something about us that some people didn't like, and eh, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> how did that tour? Um, how did you end up on tour with them, like not knowing them very well? And that's like something that I thought that that was kind of a more of a like recent times kind of thing where bands don't know each other that well and end up on tour like. And I thought like back in the day we always kind of like really had people vouch for each other before we like how did the whole thing come um, about are you talking about with Rye Coalition yeah yeah oh it was just that show I think our both our tour, tours were coinciding in Chicago and mm. we both wanted a show at Fireside and I'm sure with all due respect I'm sure Brian thought it would be fine and normally it would be fine mm -hmm. and just like I said, I have no clue what happened or how it happened. <laughs> yeah. But now, yeah. but now it's a funny story. So yeah, that's, that's wild. All right. That's wild. Um, so yeah, the, uh, you said that um, you know your first tour was just like, hey mom, can I go and do this? Did that did that take some convincing or or were your parents just like, no, like, um, <laughs> like did they know all about like straight edge and like what that meant as far as like um yeah they, they they definitely knew knew about straight edge i mean at that point we were we were jumping in my friend's pickup truck and driving from orlando to melbourne to go to all the hardcore shows the year prior even like the summer of like 95 we were going to see like all the mostly like mostly victory bands play at uh, a venue called the brothel Mm -hmm. um, and then when I started playing in the band, we were going over there to play shows and it was summertime. I was out of school and like I said, my, my parents were cool enough that, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure they gave me a calling card or something to call home probably every day or something. Um, but yeah, it was, it worked, ended up working out pretty well. We didn't get in too much trouble doing that. Yeah, uh, straight straight edge was like kind of like a, a a signifier for some people that like the levels of trouble that somebody might get into were not uh, including like you know use of certain substances or whatever. So uh, yeah, 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 that's that's always like interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm sure uh, my parents would not be stoked if they knew some of the stuff I was doing <laughs> while straight edge like. How many, you know, times I ran around wherever butt naked or, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever weird stuff straight edge kids did. And we definitely did it all. But like, yeah. like I said, I guess it's better than doing drugs and drinking. So, yeah. Um, now, when you went on that first tour, did you have a release that you played on already? No. Okay. So 
Let me see if I can. My first out of town show with Reversal of Man, we went to Atlanta for, and it was for we played Inkwell's last show. Oh, that's. Um, and that was the same day that they released that. Uh, it's like a four way split. It was like Reversal of Man, Inkwell. Um, oh God, I'm blanking here. Oh man, Prevail I think is on it. And one more band that I really should know. Oh man, I'm blinking. It's the uh, placebo comp it was called. Um, but it was the release show for that. So I think all four bands played that show. And that was my first time playing an out of town show. And it was in, I don't know if it's Inkwell's house. There's a venue called the driver dome and it was somebody's basement. And it was, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. When you did um, end up recording with them, like what um, what release was the first release you played on, and what was the recording situation like for that? Um, my first release with them was uh, it was the Holocron split, the split LP. Okay. Um, and by that time, we had it was it just was not the same band you know so so the original lineup did the demo a seven inch a couple songs like a song that ended up on that uh comp and a split seven inch they i think they recorded it all at the same time or something um so we had a pretty good handful of songs and then <clears throat> within probably less than a year's time one of the guitar players quit and we got uh, our friend Jason to play and Jason with an E E N. Um, he played and then I think, yeah, by the time the Holocron split recorded, we had the other guitar player quit also. And we got another Jason. <laughs> so we had two Jasons that played guitar and we all did the Holocron split it was the first, Reversal Man record that it wasn't the the full full original lineup, um, but we recorded it recorded it to tape at a really strange studio here in Tampa. Um, it was called Audio Lab, and uh, you pretty much just go in there and you paid this guy to hit play and record, and he would be in there and he'd headbang the whole time that you were playing and. <laughs> It was pretty wild, um, but yeah, it was. Uh, and we, I think, most bands recorded there around that time, until we figured out that oh, we can we can actually record it other places. This is okay, you know. Yeah. But I think we we ended up with some decent recordings, and we had fun. And he let us really do whatever we wanted, and he didn't criticize it. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, th that's wild like recording to tape the first time like yeah. <laughs> no like that's like um that's like the dream for a lot of people like now it's like oh i wish i could afford to record to tape you know like it's yeah. it's so funny yeah. um because we didn't we that was god i don't even think i don't think reversal man ever recorded digitally um everything was on tape right and then the first time I recorded in a band that was like Pro Tools and all that stuff was in Combat Wounded Veteran. And 
I remember going to a student and being like, this is so cool. You can do anything you want. You can mess up as much as you want. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. it was cool. It was fun. Um, but yeah, of course, now people like, people want, they want the, uh, the analog sound or whatever. And mm-hmm. honestly, I, I don't care either way. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I don't have a, a desire for it or. Yeah. It's funny though, because like, um, it's like, yeah, the, I remember the first time that we went into a studio with an old band and and uh, he had just gone all digital. We weren't recording real, to Real to Real before that. We were just recording to like ADAT and stuff. But, um, mm-hmm. uh, well, it'd be DAT to ADAT. But anyway, I'm like, yeah. so like, um, he went in and, and he's talking, like it had been a little while, but we recorded with him often and he was telling us like, that now that he was doing digital stuff that like he was getting all these like bands that weren't very good and they'd come in and they'd they'd be like we're going to record the chorus and then just like copy it three times <laughs> and you're like holy shit you know <laughs> like he's yeah. like he's like it's it, it's awful, but I mean, I guess I'd, at least I don't have to listen to him fuck up the song ten times. Like it just, I just sit here getting paid for like, you know, clicking the buttons and stuff. But just like, yeah, oh yeah. shit, you know, <laughs> that's the way it is sometimes. That's um, funny. Yeah, but the first time when you went in to record, um, you said like y'all just kind of did whatever you want, and it was you know just like somebody who was. Um, unexpectedly en- enthusiastic or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. di- did you feel like any kind of pressure or nerves around the experience? Um, I mean, I'm sure that I did. I yeah. on, like I could. It's the foggiest memory because yeah. I know we recorded that. Recorded that there. We recorded the enemy soil split there, and we recorded Revolution Summer there. Um. But like I said, it's a foggy, foggy memory. Yeah, it was the same spot for both all three. I like the most, uh, most vivid memory of it was for Re- Revolution Summer when we did the minor threat cover of all of us just in there singing. <laughs> it was. <laughs> I just remember it was hilarious. It was funny. Um, that was probably the most uh, vivid memory of that studio that I had. Yeah, yeah. It's um. It's wild when you sometimes, uh, you know, uh, you you could, when you're that young, you know, you could either just be like a ball of nerves or you could like, at least in my case, like it was like a switch could flip, like I could be full of bravado or, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, when you're that young and, and the way the hormones are coursing through your body, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, it's any given day could have different um, results but um yeah that's, yeah for sure yeah uh <laughs> it's wild um yeah i the i think some of the stuff like what you're talking about is i mean that's really some of the most fun parts of recording to me is like when you know when everyone is just enjoying the moment and like those are the things that you remember later it's like not necessarily like people screwing up the song but like like that time when like somebody else was doing their thing and and you you all went out and like got subway and just sat outside and talked and you know mm-hmm. i don't know the stuff is uh <laughs> that's awesome but um reversal of man was 
like, I don't even know. Like, do you know how many releases that y'all had? It, like, it looks like that y'all were a band for maybe six years. Is, so. Um, so the band started in like mid, mid 95, I think. I joined in the beginning of 96. And after three, three or four guitar player changes, um, we played our last show in, I think it was July of 2000. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's five years, almost five years exactly. And so now that we're putting this discography together, I've, I think I counted 56 recorded songs. Wow. So it's, you know, quite a few. And granted, some, like, you know, sub one minute songs, but it's still, it's still a lot of That's songs lot. in five years. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty wild project. I think we took on here recently. Yeah. Do you, um, do you know? Are there any songs that never saw the light of day on the? Uh... There aren't, unfortunately. Oh. Um, there's one that probably didn't get much attention. It wasn't all. It was was a we re-recorded a demo song, and it was on a seven-inch comp that came out of Germany. Oh, okay. And. I couldn't find it anywhere online. I couldn't find like a, an MP3 of it or anything. Um, the label is long gone. Um, so I ended up recording it off of my record player and sent it to the, the label that's putting out as a repeater records. Uh-huh. I sent it to them and I think it's in, uh, it's in Jack Shirley's hands right now. And I just told him, I said, if he can salvage it, then we'll put it on there. And if not, then, I'm not too too worried about it. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's um it's wild like cuz I you know I I turned to Discogs uh for like trying to get like a some some uh, semblance of a comprehensive like list of of y'all's releases and I'm like I know of more releases than this, you know, and you've already mentioned things that aren't on this Discog mm-hmm. page and stuff. So like, it's, it an, like, I don't, I don't know how Discogs does it too. Cause I had to look on there for some stuff and there's, there's a few comps that we're on that are not on our page for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's also, I noticed it's a lot of, it's other, it's comps that have like a song from another record basically. Oh yeah. So maybe, maybe that's why I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So towards the end of Reversal of Man, you were you were also playing in Combat Wounded Veteran. Um, no, I didn't do that till after Reversal of Man broke up. Oh, okay. I see. Um, I, I couldn't remember because y'all were definitely sharing members at the yes. show. So I. Yeah. I, um, Dan, Dan, who played guitar in Reversal of Man, played guitar in uh, Combat on that tour. Uh-huh. Um, and actually after Mark hurt his wrist from being pushed by the right coalition drummer, John from reversal Land played drums on their next couple shows. Um, then after, after reversal man broke up, I think I was just, I, I think I was sad. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, 
Oh my god, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting like a whole story here. The year after the combat tour, uh, I, I'm messing this all up. That's On the cool. combat tour, Jason, our guitar player, quit the band and went home. And then it was a few days after Matt went home. He did not quit the band, but he went home. And uh, we finished that tour as a three-piece. The following year, we had a tour booked. And we went and played. We went and did a European tour. Came home from that. I think we were home for about a week. And then we were going to go on a two-week tour with Kill a Man in Questions. In all this time, Chris, who sang in combat, was playing guitar in Reversal Man with us. And then our final tour, it was me, Chris, and Dan all played in combat afterwards. They had been in combat, but afterwards I joined combat. And like they did like a whole like lineup change up, so basically so I could be in the band. <laughs> And that sounded really confusing the way I just <laughs> tried to explain it. <laughs> no, I think, um, I, think I, I think I got it. But yeah, um, I, I did not know that Matt was on that tour with y'all prior to that Chicago show. He was. Because uh, he definitely so, wasn't at that one. No, yeah, yeah no. Uh, he, we booked, I think it was a nine-week tour. Oh, wow. And not even two weeks into it is when Jason went home. Then a few days... Uh, Afterwards, Matt went home. He was going home to be with his grandma. It was totally understandable. She wasn't doing well at the time. Mm -hmm. um, so he went home. And me, and me and Dan and John played a couple shows as a three-piece. I think one of them was strictly instrumental because we just couldn't do it yet. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then after you know, maybe a couple shows, I think we felt pretty comfortable with it and then ended up doing seven weeks of that tour as a three piece and it was honestly a ton of fun so yeah that's awesome i yeah, yeah i i remember there was like you know a buddy of mine that went to that show with me and uh he was like he was like nobody ever knows who's going to show up when this band plays <laughs> like for, as far as your members and uh and then when y'all played i was like I guess that I guess that was true, you know, but um I I didn't know like I don't know how relevant that was to any other situation, but it was just something that, you know, he was saying and then I was like, "Oh yeah, you know, cuz they usually have someone that uh rolls around on the floor with a microphone duct taped to their hand, but uh, you know, um but yeah, it was, you know, still a really good show. I'm 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 glad that I, you know, dragged myself up to Chicago for that and, you know, faced my stuff to, 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 to see that. Uh, but, um, yeah. Um, so like, um, after, you know, reversal broke up and you, you know, you spent some time playing with combat wounded veteran, but then, um, did you kind of, did you kind of like, I, I don't know if it's just like a Discogs thing and I'm not seeing or I just wasn't aware of a of a lot of bands between that and Horsewhip but were did you stay relatively active in music or were you fo focusing on other things mostly? Um so let's see. So I played in Combat for a little while. And combat was very part-time cuz Jason our drummer lived in DC. So he would come down, you know, for a week or so and we would 
write as many songs as we could and we we would record and then play shows um we did i think we played our last show and didn't realize it was gonna be our last show um and after that we just kind of accepted that we were a broken up band and uh i at the time i was working at the airport and uh throwing bags and I think I, I was talking to uh, one of the mechanics at my, I worked for an airline. I was talking to one of the mechanics and uh, tell him I was trying to figure out what to do with my life. That's how my bands broke up. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, he told me about a school to go get my uh, aircraft mechanics license at that was uh, over in Clearwater. So I went and checked it out and, that day I signed up for it. And so I went to school and I got my license to work on airplanes and I kind of stopped playing music for a while and kind of focused on, I guess, having a career, which is very, very lame sounding. Um, but I moved, like I moved up to South Carolina for a little while. Um, then I moved to Columbus, Ohio and got to hang out with like all my old friends that I met through playing music, you know, mm-hmm. um, and still to me, I, I don't understand why we never started a band while I was there. Um, besides the fact that my schedule was pretty crazy at my, at work, but it was literally hanging out with like all my friends that all played music, but we never started a band. It's <laughs> kind of odd. Um, but after that, I moved back down here when me and my wife started dating and, uh, I was working, I worked, a horrible schedule. I worked nights um, and I had like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off or something like that. And uh, I ended up playing in a band for a little while, very short while with uh, Harold, the singer from uh, Hank Shaw. Mm-hmm. And uh, we played two shows. We recorded four songs and then we broke up. <laughs> um then I didn't do much for a little while. And then uh, Dan, who was in combat and reversal, along with my friend Sean, who was in, he sang in Early Grace. Um, and our friend Mike, who hadn't played in any previous bands, they were doing a band called Fathers. And it was kind of like a kind of kind of Depeche Mode ripoff, kind of. Okay. But they were incredible. And they went and recorded these three songs and came back with it once they released it, you know, like I was just, I was blown, like it blew me away. Like it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Like how, how good it was. Like, these are my friends doing this. This is crazy. <laughs> and, uh, it wasn't long after that. They asked me if I wanted to play bass in fathers. I said, Absolutely. Of course. So, um, we started practicing, um, in this time, one of the other guys ended up moving up to Atlanta and it just kind of fizzled. And then after me and Sean playing together, uh, we, uh, started talking about wanting to play in a heavy band again and, uh, kind of kept our, our ear to the ground for drummers and stuff. And, uh, we started playing with, uh, somebody that, uh, our friend Mike knew and, uh, played a few times with him and it was, it was, uh, it was hard for me to, 
to play with him because he was not a good drummer. Okay. Um, Fair. And it just it just got to a point where I told Sean I was like I was like I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore because it's it's just not worth my time. You know, like it's just, it was too much for me, and uh, it it had to have been within a few days. Uh, I think I think Alex and I like both kind of ran across each other on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he sent me a message or something. I think he sent a, a message to Reversal Man and said something like, you know, if you know of anybody who wants to start a band around here, let me know. And I looked at him and he's playing drums in his picture. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so me and Sean scheduled a, a meetup with him and turns out he lives, you know, a few blocks away from me. And uh, so we brought our equipment over and I think that first day we wrote the first horse up song, you know, like so that's that was pretty cool. It was pretty interesting. Yeah. You know, um, I thought Alex moved down there because he was already in the band, but I guess I just, like, I didn't know how the timetable lined up. But, yeah, um, I was just thinking, you know, while you're, while you're talking about, like, playing with that other person, it's, do you think, do you feel like when you get older, it's just, it's harder to play with people that aren't, like, as, like, um... Like, do you feel like, wow, like when you can, when you go out and you and you're young and 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 you're just sloppy and you're just like being raucous and and just like out of control, then like that's that that feels a certain way. It almost feels like it feels right, you know. But like when you're older, it's like it feels like you know people expect a, a like a. A, a, a more tight performance or whatever and so you're like gosh we can't come out here like we just left mom's garage you know like <laughs> is that kind of what what you're feeling or uh yeah yeah to a point like i'm also a firm believer in if like if either a you're not good enough for the part or you forget it you, you fall down you know and then then you have an excuse for not playing it um that was a rule in combat. It's like, if you forget a part, just fall down. Um, (laughs) so, uh, I I would like, and also, like I said, I'm not like a a great guitar player or bass player. Um, so it was hard for me to criticize anybody the way they played an instrument. Yeah. Granted he was playing drums. He's just, he wasn't a drummer. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But then when we went and met Alex, it was like, this guy plays drums. This is, you know, this is, you know, yeah, yeah. he was tight. He was loud. He's, you know, like, it was, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, I, and it's like you like you said, like, if, if you forget the part, just fall down. Like, there's also, <laughs> like, there's also, like, making mistakes. And then there's just, like, kind of, like, just blowing it, you know? And it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I've never had a problem like, oh, you somebody drops a beat, 
somebody miss you know i mean i i'm not good live like i'm terrible probably because i'm just <laughs> fucking crying into the microphone all the time you know so um but it's like yeah there's just there's something else that goes on sometimes you know where it's just like like we're not playing the same song or something you know and that's mm -hmm. a little different but uh yeah yeah for yeah. sure like we i went through that with that short-lived band i was in with harab um my friend greg he's an amazing guitar player and the songs i think were cool and of course harold's vocals were amazing but it just wasn't wasn't my thing i didn't i wasn't feeling it you know and i think i decided like one show we played was with uh smoking popes and it was like a very well attended show and it was like our first like our first show really I think during that show, I was just like, I was like, I'm just not into these songs. Yeah. You know, like I just, just wasn't, I wasn't feeling it. Yeah. But, but it sounds like with Horsewhip, like once you start playing with Alex, like things clicked, you know, pretty well. Um, do, were you like at that point, were you still doing, like, are you still um, working the, the this wild schedule and working at the airport and whatnot? Um, not not a wild schedule. I had been onto a pretty normal schedule for a few years at that point. Um, okay, so this. this so I, I work now. Yeah, now I work regular Monday through Friday. Okay. Reg, regular people hours. Um, <laughs> same same job and everything, but uh, um, so yeah, so it's easier to do. Um, you know, pick night on the a weekday night or something and. Mm -hmm. Uh, we'd get together and practice and we try to do it at least once a week. Sometimes it's tough. Um, you know, there's, uh, families and kids and partners and dogs and, mm -hmm. uh, I, besides working, like my wife and I own a vegan hot dog cart that we do on the weekends. Yeah. I was going to ask about our that. time is like crazy, crazy consumed. Yeah. So sometimes like squeezing in a few hours for practice is tough. Yeah. But I think for the most part, we all uh, we all do our part and do what we can. You know, it's been a couple of weeks now, but like I think just with COVID and just schedules not not matching up, it, it's been a little tough. Yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioned the the, uh, the 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 now. Did you say it's a cart or it's a it's a hot dog cart, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, called like Nod Dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And um, I saw you mention something else called like Veg Feast. Is this something that you're also in, involved in, or is that like, is this like That's, a, uh, a a sibling company kind of thing? It's um, so it it was just like a it was a replacement for you know every year like a lot of cities do like a Veg Feast. Oh. Um, well, so last year the Tampa Bay one got canceled, so we were like, we're we're gonna do a small one, make it safe, and you know, require everyone to wear masks and mm -hmm. socially distance and all that stuff. So we put it on last November and called it Veg Feast. Oh, okay. And uh, I think after a few months, we we're like, well, let's do that again. And I think after the second one, we were like, if we're gonna do this, we need to establish it a little bit more. But it's like. 99% my wife does it. Um, like she, you know, booked everyone and planned it and all that stuff. And so it's like a, a recurring event. 
Yeah, yeah, it will be. Yeah. Oh. So we we've done two of them. We probably won't do another one till November. Yeah. Um, but like this last one we did was uh, wildly successful. Um, and it was really cool to see how many people were coming out and and supporting small businesses that don't have storefronts and uh, eating a bunch of vegan food. That was pretty yeah. rad. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, ha- what made you decide like on hot dogs ultimately? So a funny story or not really funny, but uh, in Orlando downtown, there was a vegan hot dog cart and he started in, I think in 98 or 99. And it was like, you know, you go to a show, you either went to the hospital to eat because they had vegetarian food there or you went to the hot dog cart. Um, and for years, like my wife and I, uh, and talked about it like, oh, we should need to figure something out to kind of get into more of the community here. Like, we live in St. Pete across the bay from Tampa, and uh, it's a very tight knit, um, it's a, that's a smaller city feel, but like everyone's very supportive of everyone. And we just wanted our, we wanted to get involved, you know. Um, and we had talked about doing the vegan hot dog cart thing for a while. And then a couple of years ago, we started talking about it. I was like, yeah, you know, yeah, maybe one day. And then like, it was like the next day. She's like, I found this one for sale. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I guess. Let's go look at it, I guess. So we ended up going to look at it and buying it. I was like, well, I guess we have to do this now. (laughs) So, uh, you know, know, after that was all the thinking of like, you know, what's the name going to be and what are our specials and yeah. And it's, and it's uh, garnered a lot more attention than we ever thought it would. That's and awesome. It's, it's been very, very awesome. Yeah. Um, I, like I said, everyone's super supportive around here, and we're pretty stoked on it. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, I assume that you get, like, the the dogs, like, bulk from somewhere or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, like, what did you what, – what were your thoughts initially? You were like – were you like – we just got to do this and this is going to be like pretty much straight up like traditional hot dog carter where you like, we got to do something that makes this place like hours and hours only. Like, uh, you know, it's up- fun, like, like we had both know, known and been to the, the one in Orlando and they do like specials and they have some pretty wild toppings. Mm-hmm. I think the, the initial idea was to just, kind of be a traditional hot dog cart and mm-hmm. pop up on a corner somewhere. And then when we started doing it, we started making specials and just kind of getting wild with some of the toppings. And, uh, it, it made it fun. And like yeah. the people would come out and like, like, Oh, you, you don't have that special. Oh man. Or like, no, but we've got this one. This one's crazy. Like, look at this. Yeah. Um, like, do you believe that we don't even smoke weed? Cause look at this crazy <laughs> stuff we just put together. Um, it's pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, like I said, it's been, everybody's been super supportive. Um, it's just been awesome and a lot of fun and who knows, maybe one day we'll take it to the next level, you know, yeah. but it's pretty, it's pretty great right now. Yeah, that is awesome. Um, well, I didn't, um, I didn't mean to talk for hot, about hot dogs for ten minutes. I I, I, <laughs> I I ate before we started chatting too, so it's not even that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, th- that just sounds so sick, and I love like 
really, you know, I there's there's something about like central or like the Gulf Coast of Florida where you know you just I mean this is like this everywhere but I just find myself exploring the f- the food in that area a little bit more where it's like you you'll find uh, a a, gr- a grilled cheese shop that like has vegan grilled cheese and they just put all this these wacky options out there and I'm mm-hmm. just like hell yeah that's what I'm talking about yeah and uh, that's I think we've noticed too with with this like uh meeting a lot of people through it and a lot of the people we meet doing like vegan stuff come from the punk rock community mm-hmm. um and it's just been awesome like some friends of ours that own a vegan restaurant here uh in Gulfport, it's like right next to St. Pete they moved down to Florida from Iowa years ago but like once we met and started talking we figured out that he was in a band and they played their first show with reversal of man in combat in Iowa. <laughs> That's amazing. Like stuff like that. It's like yeah. insane. Like, yeah. and like I said, we definitely have met a lot of people that I would say, I don't know, over 50% of the people we've met doing like veg type stuff is they come from the punk rock community. Yeah. That's awesome. It's, it's been pretty great. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, go, going back into uh, you know into the stuff going on with Horsewhip um, now, like uh, people are starting to roll out the fest announcements and stuff, and y'all are um, set to be playing fest. Um, are you, you? You just released an LP last year, and like <laughs> certainly, like I don't think that anybody should be on the expectations for an LP from a band every year. Uh, even though you know lots of people are doing that um Mm -hmm. what what are your like you said it's been harder to practice like understandably so and everything but um what are your plans for the band uh as far as recorded material goes and stuff like for the upcoming future um we've got so we're working on some stuff so we had some changes here back in october Mm we uh don't have our singer is no longer in the band um, and we added a guitar player. Our friend Dave is playing guitar for us now. Um, so it's mostly the three of us doing vocals, primarily Sean. Um, and, uh, so we've been trying to, you know, learn all the older songs, singing and playing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been doing a lot of that. So we haven't written a ton yet, but we've got a few, a few things uh, ideas flowing with some other friends, hopefully doing some splits, uh, in the near future. Um, I, I really just want to promote the record that we, we just did. Cause it was so hard during COVID, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I don't know how many times I can post the cover of the record, you know, like yeah. without like playing shows or whatever. Um, I really want to play a show, but obviously I want it to be safe. Um, we just actually just the other day started discussing maybe trying to do like an outdoor show. Um, I've got, got ideas flowing, but nothing, nothing, uh, cemented in yet. Yeah. So, yeah. It's- uh, but so right now it's fest is on fest is on the docket for this year. And right now that's our next show. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. Like when I was, com- when I was coming up, like in, 
in uh, the Venice, like Sarasota area, like that's where we'd play most shows, like back when I was like in high school. And uh, when when we'd play an outdoor show back then, like we'd be like, oh, it's outdoor. Cause like, it doesn't always sound great and blah, blah, blah. And now we're just like, oh my God, give me an outdoor show, you know? Like, <laughs> I mean, I said, I said it the other day, like we started talking about, it's like, man, I was like, I hate the idea of an outdoor show. Cause it sounds awful. Yeah. I was like, but it, also I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to play indoors until we can stand shoulder to shoulder. And like, I don't know. And who knows when that will even be, but yeah. like, yeah. I want to be able to like scream in somebody's face and like be right next to somebody, mm-hmm. you know, not on a stage of somebody watching you from 20 feet away. That doesn't sound appealing for this type of band, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, if we were playing some, I don't know, country music or something, I'd be totally okay with it. Um, but yeah, I just don't, I don't want to, I don't want to play a show like that in a hardcore band. Yeah. <laughs> And I obviously, and obviously don't want it to be unsafe either, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I mean, it's going to get to a point where, you know, whoever's vaccinated and can be, will be, and it's going to get to a point where people just aren't going to, and I don't know, (laughs) where do you stop, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's tricky. How much do we need to keep watching out for these people that are refusing it? Not, not necessarily people that can't get it and i understand that there's people that cannot get it but like there's people that are refusing to get it and yeah and, and y'all you are, know y'all are like right in the thick of a lot of very vocal like opposition to you know um to the to the vaccine and and, yep, and everything yep. i mean uh i'm sh- i mean i know it's not like uh I know it's not just like a, oh, this place is like that and everything. It's, of course it's not. But like um, th- like I said, very vocal, you know, like mm-hmm. for whatever reason, you know, folks in Indiana just don't get on the news like that, you know, like yeah. For, yeah. for whatever. Um, but yeah, it's really weird because, you know, some like anybody that's ever been on tour with me, like I, I, I was born in. Ohio and I lived in Ohio until I was like a teenager and then I moved to Florida and I lived in Florida until I was um uh 22 about 21 um but uh so I've lived in Indiana like I think longer than I've lived anywhere yeah no I definitely have and um but when I am on tour going through Florida when I hit that state line like I fucking I beam I like light up like I feel like that's where I belong like that's my home Mm. still and it's so weird because you know there's so much like Florida never gets on the news for like good reasons you know no no (laughs) and I'm just like but I love it so much like when I I stop at that I stop at that dumb rest stop and i take pictures with the dolphins and i'm like isn't this great isn't this great smell the air <laughs> smell it isn't it great but uh yeah it's it, you know it's like so much conflict with uh with that yeah. kind of thing but um, florida's uh it definitely has a charm um yeah. i thought about it yesterday i drove to orlando yesterday to see my parents 
And uh, I was driving home. Like I said, I live in St. Pete. So I went through Tampa. Then you go over the bridge. I do. I drive it honestly every day mm-hmm. to go to work. But there was something I was like, look, I was like, this is pretty awesome that I live here. Like amazing, like amazing views of water, you know, mm-hmm. I would also take amazing views of mountains or something, but like for what, you know, like for what Florida is, like I said, it definitely has a charm, but it also parts of it are fucking awful. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, at least it's uh, nice to look at some of it, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. at least the coast, the coast of it, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty wild. It's, it's funny that you were saying that you've lived in Indiana longer. It's, uh, my wife, Jay, and I were talking recently about how we've lived in this house longer than either of us lived in our childhood homes. <laughs> like, yeah. and that's just crazy to think about. Yeah. Um, it, putting time like on things is often very weird. Like, um, you know, my partner and I, like, a, a little while ago, I we, well, not a little while ago, because it's coming on, the anniversary's coming up again, and uh, and this year we will have been together for 18 years, and oh wow, I was like, um, what at what age will I be when <laughs> when I hit like we've been together longer in my life than than we have not you know mm-hmm. and it's always like anytime you put like these you know um time time stamps on things you like, like you can have some interesting feelings about about that but uh yeah yeah, yeah. um so uh, getting back to the uh reversal man uh discography um do you said before that there's still some tracks being like mastered or, or, you know, Mm -hmm. um, whatnot. Um, how like, and I know that you've been trying to compile like photos and everything. And I actually mean to keep looking through this box that I have, because I probably Mm -hmm. do have some photos of y'all, uh, watch, I'll look through this box and I'll, I'll see a photo of the drummer getting pushed (laughs) off the stage. What the fuck? I took a picture of it and don't remember. Uh, but, uh, yeah, um, w- w- like, do you all have a plan for, like, w- um, approximately when you think that will be released? Um, not not set in stone yet. Um, so everything is uh, getting mastered right now, remastering every song. The only thing we had original DAT tapes for was uh, Mike from King of the Monsters was kind enough to send the original DATs to them to get remastered. Um, everything else we had to, uh, get wave files, which not horrible, but, um, it's totally fine. So that's getting worked on, uh, Chris from combat and reversal that did all the art. He's doing the, uh, sleeve for it. And, uh, I'm pretty much putting up, putting the booklet together. Um, I am not a graphic designer. I am not an artist. I am actually Chris put it a pretty good way. He said I'm piecing together a family member that was in a car wreck and putting it together as best as I could, um, without you know like keeping it all together. Like which record and so not like a ton of new art inside, but like 
I'm trying to get pictures that, you know, not everybody has seen, mm-hmm. um, involved in it. Uh, obviously the, the cover art will be different than anything cause Chris is doing it. Um, so yeah, so we're doing all that. I try to work on it at least a little bit, almost every day if I can. Um, I just don't, yeah, the timeline is tough because, uh, obviously pressing plants are taking a lot longer than, uh, normal. So hopefully we'll, I'm hoping that we'll have a, at least be able to announce a pre-sale within the next month or two, I hope is my guess. Yeah. And again, like I said, once, once you do that and then send everything to a pressing plant, it's, who even knows how long it'll take from that? <laughs> yeah, uh, um, I would be stoked to have records by November, but I don't. I don't know that that would happen. And that was my conversation with Jeff Howe. Thanks so much, Jeff, for taking the time to chat with me. And if you're in the uh, St. Pete area, make sure you get one of those nod dogs for me. Until next time, take care and do good things.